Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Guys, you know that chronic inflammation is at the root of every degenerative disease. Inflammation is ravaging lives all over the world, causing massive amounts of unnecessary suffering. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting to the root cause of inflammation. And so I interviewed 36 of the top doctors and experts in the world to uncover the root cause factors involved with inflammation and give you the best natural healing strategies to get well naturally. And I'm giving it away for free at chronicinflammationsummit.com. That's chronicinflammationsummit.com. And you can register and you'll immediately get access to some of the amazing uh, presentations, including Kieran Krishnan, where we talked all about leaky gut, endotoxemia, inflammation, and microbiome reconditioning. That was one of the best interviews I've ever done. So fascinating, such an amazing topic. You'll get that for free when you register at the chronicinflammationsummit.com. Again, we're giving this away for free from June 6th to June 12th. But when you register today, you'll immediately get access to some of these, some of the free content, including Kieran's talk. Um, once we get into the event, you'll also uh, be able to listen to Dr. Nasha Winters, and she is a holistic oncology expert, and she talks all about the cancer inflammation connection. I interviewed Dr. David Perlmutter. We talk about blood sugar, insulin, inflammation, and brain degeneration. Uh, Dr. Christine Schaffner, we talk all about biotoxin illness, lymphatic function, and neural inflammation. I mean, so many great presentations in here. Just go to the chronicinflammationsummit.com. And you'll also get access to several of my free guides, including my new inflammation crushing smoothie guide that I know that you guys are going to love. You'll find some of the best possible smoothies that you can make um, in that. So you'll get that for free immediately when you go ahead and sign up. So again, it's chronicinflammationsummit.com, chronicinflammationsummit.com. That will register you, get you a whole bunch of free gifts, including several amazing interviews I did. And then we're going to be giving the entire event away starting June 6th to June 12th, where you'll be able to listen to four or five interviews each day. So you guys are going to love this content. Again, chronicinflammationsummit.com is the place to go. This podcast is sponsored by Metabolic Reds, the tasty probiotic enzyme and polyphenol infused energy drink without caffeine used to power your brain and body. See, I believe that most people want to live longer, live healthier, lose weight, and get more energy to get through the day. But a lot of us are just too busy, and we would love something that does all of that, but in one fast and convenient way. That's why I want to introduce you to Metabolic Reds, an anti-aging nutraceutical that you drink. You see, most energy drinks leave you dealing with the midday crash. We've all experienced that. And you know, other energy boosters have a very planty, 
kind of grass-like taste that makes them hard to stomach. And that's where Metabolic Reds comes in. It was made to pack in nine different natural blends that are scientifically proven to boost energy and focus. But it also tastes awesome. It gives the energy jolt of a coffee without the midday crash. And the best part you won't feel like you're forcing down another health drink. Metabolic Reds are designed to be easy to drink. It's 100% natural, and it gives you the natural energy boost you've been missing. These nutrients help the most important cells of your body adapt, grow, and stay healthier longer. And since it's all natural, there's no midday crash like coffee or most energy drinks on the market. You guys got to try it for yourself to truly see how good this stuff tastes. Just go to Get Reds, that's G-E-T-R-E-D-S, getreds.com forward slash jockers to unlock your offer of a free metabolic greens with your purchase of metabolic reds. This is a cool offer because not only do you get the metabolic reds, but you'll also get a free metabolic greens, which actually taste good. So just go to getreds.com forward slash jockers. You guys are going to love the metabolic reds. You'll like the metabolic greens as well. But I'm telling you, this stuff tastes great, will give you energy, will provide critical nutrients that help your body heal and function better. So try it out today. Well, today we're talking about the carnivore diet, which is a very controversial diet. However, it's a diet that can be really helpful for some individuals. And I'm going to try to give the most balanced approach because we don't have research that a carnivore diet can be really healthy long-term. And I am a huge fan of an omnivorous diet where you're consuming lots of healthy plant-based foods as well as animal-based foods. But I also think that there's kind of a bell curve where there's certain individuals that just seem to thrive on a very animal-centric diet where they're consuming very little plants. And there are other individuals that really thrive on a plant-centric diet where they're consuming very little animal products. And so I really think there's kind of a wide space. However, there are so many people out there that are swearing by the carnivore diet and they're getting really great results. And so it's a topic that we really need to cover. And unfortunately, you know, in the health space, some people will just get really upset at the idea that a carnivore diet could be healthy because, you know, they've been told that plant-based foods are the healthiest, most nutrient-dense foods. This is what we should all be eating. And so it really um, triggers some emotions when people are eating a lot of meat or following a carnivore diet and actually saying it's healthy. But science has actually shown that there are tremendous benefits to animal-based foods. And for some individuals, they can really, really thrive on a carnivore diet. And we're going to go through exactly why that is. We're going to talk about different plant toxins. So you can actually get toxins from plant-based foods. We're going to talk about how a carnivore diet may actually help the gut. You know, we've been told that we need a lot of plant-based prebiotics to support the gut microbiome. And for some individuals, again, they really thrive on that. But there are a lot of people out there that don't. And there are benefits to a carnivore diet, how it can actually help the gut, reduce inflammation in the body, support brain function. We're going to talk about that today. So let's go into this here. And again, just kind of hold back on your biases. You know, if you're following a plant-based diet and you're thriving, that's awesome. You know, this information is really just for educational purposes only. 
so you can just learn about why people might follow the carnivore diet and get good results. You can understand the science of it. And of course, if you're out there and you're following a carnivore diet, you know, and you're feeling well, you're thriving with it, then great. This is going to just help further um, your understanding of how it works. And that's fantastic. Now, if you're following a carnivore diet and you're not thriving, you're not doing well, you know, you may not be getting all the benefits here, or you may not be doing it exactly, you know, in the, in the best way. And that I also want to address that as well. So what is the carnivore diet? Of course, it's an animal centric diet, you know, advocates of the carnivore diet talk about anti-nutrients, things like lectins, phytates, uh, oxalates. These are plant-based anti-nutrients that can steal key nutrients like iron and zinc and can also damage the gut lining and cause poor nutrient absorption. And then an animal-based diet, when done correctly, like a nose-to-tail animal-based diet where organs are uh, included in there can provide a tremendous source of nutrients. And we'll talk about that as we go on. So potential benefits of a carnivore diet, well, it improves gut health and autoimmunity. And the reason why is, again, it's free of these plant-based toxins, such as lectins, phytates, oxalates, and salicylates. And it's also very low in FODMAPs. There's a lot of research out about a low FODMAP diet. And FODMAPs are these group of carbohydrates that we find in a lot of plant-based foods, broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, artichokes, right? A lot of these foods that you know are considered very, very healthy also have these FODMAP group of carbohydrates that some individuals with uh, damage to their gut and poor digestive juice production and bacterial translocation into their small intestine really struggle to digest. And they create a lot of inflammation, bloating, cramping, then cause diarrhea or constipation for different individuals. And so again, a lot of research out on a low FODMAP diet, which you can follow and use a lot of plant-based foods if you wanted to. A carnivore diet just inherently is low FODMAP because we only find FODMAPs in plant-based foods. So we don't find them in animal-based foods. Therefore, it's low FODMAP. And that may be one of the main reasons why people are getting great results with their gut health and autoimmunity. Because again, there's a lot of people out there that just do better on a lower FODMAP diet, or at least for a short period of time following a low FODMAP diet. I know for myself, I really have to be careful with the amount of FODMAPs that I consume. I do eat a lot of plant foods, However, if I'm consuming a lot of broccoli, cauliflower, a lot of these types of things, uh, the FODMAPs, I have a certain threshold tolerance and uh, it can definitely cause more gas and bloating. So I, I, I don't consume a tremendous, a lot, tre tremendous load of those uh, higher FODMAP-based foods, the cruciferous vegetables and things like that. Um, and I tend to do better with that. Now, lectins, phytates, oxalates, again, these things can damage the gut. There are some individuals, though, that have a microbiome that is really well intact and can break these down effectively, and they can handle a lot more plant foods, and they seem to do very, very well. And some of these foods can be you know, kind of a hormetic stressor, meaning that they are a stressor on the gut, but they actually make the body stronger and more resilient. And so if you're healthy and you're able to adapt to these plant-based toxins, then you're able to thrive. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, why do plants create these toxins? Well, um, you know, there are, are several theories and ideas behind that, but really the idea, the main idea is that they're there for survival. And the idea is that the plants want to weaken their predators. 
And so they produce these compounds to help protect the key components that keep them alive, like the leaves, the seeds, the roots, you know, these key areas that allow them to thrive and reproduce. And <clears throat> these area, these, these uh, compounds protect those. And then on top of that, they also weaken the predators when the predators are consuming them. So these compounds, lectins, which are proteins that bind to carbohydrates and act as anti-nutrients. You have phytates, which are the main storage form of phosphorus in plant tissues, such as seeds or bran. They're called anti-nutrients, phytates in particular, because they lower the bioavailability of proteins, so you don't absorb protein as well. And key minerals, things like zinc, calcium, magnesium, iron. So phytates help bind and, and prevent really good absorption there. And then you have oxalates and you've probably heard of oxalates when you think about things like kidney stones, right? And so they, they'll blame kidney stones on eating a lot of spinach because spinach is very, very high in calcium oxalate and calcium, or I should say oxalates in general, but calcium oxalate stones, kidney stones are the most common form of kidney stone. So if you're consuming a lot of spinach or other things that are high in oxalates, like nuts and seeds and chocolate, those are all very high in these oxalate compounds, as well as, you know, there are things like rhubarb and other green vegetables that are high in these plant-based crystals that can cause problems with your kidneys. It can actually cause issues with joint pain, cognitive problems, and digestive problems. So that's another big one. And then you have things like salicylates, which for a lot of people can cause, um, you know, more issues with, with attention, headaches, different things like that. And we can find these, these are a group of chemicals with silicic acid base that are found in many different plant foods and cosmetic pro, uh, products, some medications and food preservatives. So salicylates you can find in a lot of healthy things like blueberries, for example, tend to be higher in salicylates. And so, um, you know, the reality is that all plants are trying to protect themselves, whereas animals try to protect themselves by running away or fighting. Plants protect themselves with these chemical compounds. And we have to be careful with that. Again, for some individuals, they are my, very mild stressors that actually make the body stronger. And other individuals, just based on their genetics, their microbiome, and their stress load and their toxic load, they may be overwhelming their system and causing more inflammation. So we have to be aware of that. So we talked about the potential benefits of a carnivore diet, improving gut health and autoimmunity. It can also improve blood sugar and lean body mass because it's high in protein and healthy fats. It promotes a state of insulin sensitivity and provides nutrients needed for muscle building. And then it also supports mental health because of the diet is high in healthy fats and protein, obviously very low in carbs. And so it promotes insulin sensitivity, which is really key for mental health. And it also promotes the formation of ketones. We've talked a lot about that in our podcast, how beneficial ketones are for brain health and they help reduce inflammation and they create something called mitochondrial uncoupling where they help preserve the uh, protect, they help preserve mitochondrial function and stimulate mitochondrial biogenesis or the formation of new mitochondria in the brain when we are able to upregulate ketones. And so that reduces inflammation in the brain, reduces anxiety and promotes better mood and mental health. And so what do you eat on a carnivore diet? Well, you eat, you know, all different types of meat, beef, lamb, bison, chicken, you know, any kind of meat is okay on a carnivore diet. Ideally, we're going for grass-fed organic animal products. Why? Because grass-fed is going to have a lot more nutrient density 
and significantly less toxins. If the animals are eating a lot of grains, they are bioaccumulating glyphosate and all different types of herbicides and pesticides. And it's really bad for the environment as well when they are being raised conventionally eating these you know, toxic laden grains. And the animal itself is not healthy. They're dealing with insulin resistance. They have a lot more unhealthy fats, a lot, lot higher omega-6 fats, low omega-3s, lower levels of conjugated linoleic acid, lower levels of vitamin E. So you get a lot less nutrients, a lot more toxins. And our general approach is minimize toxins, maximize nutrients, right? When it comes to nutrition, we want the maximal amount of nutrients in the food we eat. And we want the minimal amount of toxins. So going grass-fed organic is ideal. So we're eating meat, we're eating animal fat. A lot of people will cook with tallow, which is beef fat, or you can cook with ghee or butter if you're allowing dairy. Some people eat a lot of dairy on a carnivore diet. They do well with it. Some people don't. They notice that it just triggers more inflammation. They just don't seem to thrive consuming cream, butter, cheese, things like that. Now, in general, on a carnivore diet, you're tending to restrict uh, lactose, which is the dairy sugar. So you're not consuming you know, a lot of uh, milk, for example, which would have, be higher in lactose. Um, you may do yogurt, but probably not a lot. So, um, so those are things that you may, might consider. Um, you know, just doing a little bit of dairy fat, like butter or ghee, tends to be the most well-tolerated. Some people do well on cheese, others don't. So you just have to see for yourself. And then fish, right? Wild-caught fish and seafood can be really nutrient-dense, lots of EPA and DHA, the long-chain omega-3s that are in there. And then organ meats as well. So doing liver, heart, you know, you can get heart, liver from your local farmer, dice it up. Liver is very gamey, obviously, the flavor of it. So it takes some getting used to. Heart really tastes a lot like like uh, steak, honestly. Like, and it's so nutrient-dense, so many B vitamins, coenzyme Q10, uh, carnitine, right? These really powerful nutrients for the body. And a lot of people will say, well, how do you get fiber on a carnivore diet? Well, believe it or not, collagen, which is you know what we find in the tendons and the ligaments, it almost acts like fiber. It almost acts like a prebiotic to support the gut microbiome. So it's kind of animal-based fiber, which is again, the collagen. So consuming the collagenous regions of the animal, like if you're eating a chicken wing or something like that, actually consuming the synovial joint and the capsule where you've got a lot of these types of uh, collagenous fibers in there, provides a unique amino acid structure, and the gut microbiome actually really likes collagen. And so it can be really beneficial there. Now, going back to the nutritional benefits of a carnivore diet, there are no plant-based toxins. And again, some people thrive consuming lectins. You know, They just seem to do well, oxalates, and they have no issues. Other people really struggle with them. So if you are struggling with them or you're not thriving, this can be a, a you know, one reason to follow a carnivore diet to reduce the plant-based toxins. It's low FODMAP. Again, a lot of research out on a low FODMAP diet, improving issues with gut function, right? So reducing gut inflammation, bloating, cramping, constipation, diarrhea, um, you know, and usually those are used for short-term and that's really how I approach the carnivore diet is kind of a short-term approach where you basically do this for you know a week, two weeks, maybe a month. And then from there, you add back plant foods and you're looking for the foods that your body seems to tolerate the best, fruit, uh, maybe lower FODMAP vegetables, if you know that's pr probably a good place to start. 
you know, things like that. So um, other benefits of carnivore diet, high in protein. Protein really satiates your body, provides key amino acids to produce white blood cells, to produce obviously lean body tissue, helps support lean body tissue. It's high in fat-soluble nutrients. So vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin D, vitamin K2, you're going to get a lot of that in your animal products, especially if you're eating uh, healthy animal fats, grass-fed tallow, egg yolk, um, if you're doing grass-fed butter, if you're doing organ meats, organ meats are going to be really rich in these. And they're also high in animal-specific nutrients. What are some of those animal-specific nutrients? Well, retinol, which is a fat-soluble vitamin A, it's the most bioactive form of vitamin A that is necessary for immunity, brain health, vision, skin health, and more. You have zinc. You know, we learned a lot about zinc when it comes to immune health with COVID. Right? We know zinc in its most bioavailable form is found in animal foods. Most easily absorbed form is in animal foods, critical for the immune system, skin, you know, it helps stop uh, viral replication, also really critical for skin, brain, liver, cardiovascular, and gut health. Zinc is so critical for the body. We get, again, the best absorption of it in animal foods. You know, I have things like pumpkin seeds, for example. Pumpkin seeds are a very, very good source of zinc, but they also have uh, phytates in them. Seeds have phytates, which bind to zinc. So if you're going to do pumpkin seeds as a plant-based source of zinc, it's always best to get sprouted pumpkin seeds. Sprouted pumpkin seeds, now that reduces the amount of enzyme inhibitors that are in there, and it's more the zinc is more bioavailable and easy to absorb. Now, other animal-specific nutrients, conjugated linoleic acid, which is also called CLA. It's an important fatty acid that improves immune health and metabolic health, really good for turning on fat burning. You have carnitine, which is a critical nutrient for mitochondrial health, helps shuttle fatty acids into the mitochondria. And doing organic acid testing and looking at the mitochondria, mitochondrial health, we see a lot of people that are not getting enough carnitine. And so getting, we get a lot of this carnitine, just like you know the, the name carnivore, carnitine is found in meat. And so particularly uh, red meat. And so we're going to get a lot of that. And that's going to help turn up energy production and fat burning. Carnosine, so not carnitine. Now, carnosine is a powerful antioxidant. So this is an actual animal-based antioxidant that most people think, okay, if you're consuming an animal-based diet, you're not getting enough antioxidants. But believe it or not, there's unique antioxidants that are found in sustainably raised, grass-fed, wild-caught animal products. Carnosine is one of those. It's a powerful antioxidant that protects against protein denaturation within the body and protects the brain and muscular and cardiovascular system. You also have your long chain omega-3 fats, EPA and DHA, which are critical for brain health, cardiovascular health, vision, immune health, skin health, and so much more. You can find small amounts of DHA, which is the longest chain omega-3 that really concentrates in the brain. You can find small amounts in algae but not in other plant foods. That's what fish consume is the algae and that's how they concentrate it. But you're not going to find it in other plant foods. You're going to find the small chain omega-3 ALA. And it's hard to convert ALA into EPA and DHA. It takes a lot of uh, different liver enzymes. A lot of people have very poor conversion there. So consuming flaxseed as a source of omega-3, it's a source of ALA, which is key, but you, know, you're, you can get ALA from consuming grass-fed animal products and things like that. And it's hard to convert that again into EPA and DHA. So consuming some sort of source of EPA and DHA, like wild caught seafood can be really helpful. 
And then of course, vitamin B12 and heme iron, which are really critical for brain, liver, neurological health, bringing oxygen in the case of heme iron, bringing oxygen to the tissues, so critical. So a lot of these powerful animal specific nutrients. Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite food products. I mean, if you're out there and you're looking for healthy snack options or, you know, really healthy food, sometimes it can be hard to find a gut-friendly, gluten-free snack option. And that's why you need to know about Paleo Valley. They're 100% grass-fed beef and 100% pasture-raised turkey meat sticks are not only loaded with delicious flavor, but they are completely free of carbs and sugar. Such a great bioavailable protein snack to grab on the go. I oftentimes will eat them with meals too. Like if I eat a meal and I'm still a little bit hungry, feel like I need a little bit more protein and healthy fats, I go ahead and have them. You know, they're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, GMO-free, preservative-free. I mean, what's not to love about that? On top of that, they actually also have probiotics in them as well. So you're getting the protein, healthy fats, and you're getting probiotics, lots of key minerals and nutrients in there, and they taste amazing. And now you can use my coupon code, JOCKERS, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter JOCKERS at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. My kids and I absolutely love them, and I know your family will too. So try them out today. And then let's talk about potential problems on a carnivore diet. So we've really you know, talked a lot about the benefits. Let's take a moment and talk about the potential problems. Well, of course, the diet obviously lacks nutritional diversity and fiber, and so, uh, you know, it's, there's only a certain amount of things you're going to consume on a carnivore diet. It's also potentially too high in iron. Okay. And that's, that can be a serious issue as well. We have a condition called hemochromatosis where a lot of people concentrate iron. Now, the key with that, typically when somebody has hemochromatosis and they have too much iron in their blood, we got to remember iron is an oxidative element. So too much iron in the blood, you need iron to, to produce hemoglobin, and carry oxygen to the cells, but too much of it can cause more oxidation and accelerate the aging process. So, you know, for somebody that has that tendency and they're consuming a lot of red meat with a lot of iron, they really want to give blood on a regular basis and have their blood drawn and reduce the amount of free iron that's in their blood. That's key. Now, there are plant-based foods like in that, that's actually one of the benefits of phytates. We talked about phytates. Um, being an anti-nutrient and blocking the absorption of key minerals. Well, for somebody with hemochromatosis, that actually may be beneficial because they're already concentrating too much iron. So consuming more phytate-rich foods in some cases can be beneficial for those individuals. And uh, if they're following a carnivore diet, they're going to get a tremendous load of iron in the diet, and they already have too much iron. So they really need to be giving blood. Um, you know, we talked about the diet lacks nutritional diversity and fiber. Why is that important? Because microbiome researchers say that the amount of diversity of the gut bacteria is one of the most important elements of your overall health. 
And the way that you get a diverse microbiome is you eat a diverse array of different prebiotic foods, different fibers, right? And so you can eat a lot of collagenous rich foods. That's kind of where the omnivore diet, you know, like a, a seasonal omnivore diet can be really helpful because you're consuming animal-based foods, getting the collagen. Ideally, if you're not just focusing on muscle meats, uh, you're getting that collagen, which supports the microbiome. And then on top of that, you're consuming plant-based foods and you're seasonally grazing. So you're consuming foods that are really in season at the time. So you're getting a lot of variety of foods, which is going to support your microbiome and support diversity in the microbiome. Uh, and then of course, the carnivore diet is low in antioxidants, right? And so we, you know, in general, the way we look at health is we want to keep oxidative stress under control. And so we need a certain amount of antioxidants and animal-based foods are just not going to have as much. But of course, like I talked about, you have things like carnosine that most people just don't, you know, most, uh, health researchers really don't know much about but it has a powerful antioxidant effect. You also have things like fat-soluble vitamin A, vitamin E. So you are getting antioxidants. You're just not getting the classical phytonutrients, phytochemicals that we find in plants. And you're not getting a, you know, a tremendous amount of vitamin C uh, as well, right? And these are things that, you know, again, we talk a lot about in nutritional health. And we just don't understand uh, the antioxidants that may be found in some animal-based foods. And also, you know, we tend to cook animal-based foods, which is going to reduce the amount of antioxidants and create heterocyclic amines and different things like that, which can be problematic. That's why for years, I've always recommended have your steak, your cooked steak with like a big salad. So you're getting a lot of antioxidants and phytonutrients, uh, put a lot of herbs on there, basil, oregano, thyme, different things like that to help buffer the formation of these heterocyclic amines, right? And these polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons that are produced when we're cooking uh, animal products and cooking meat and acrylamide, which is another uh, potent uh, free radical that, uh, that can damage a lot of tissue in our body. And that's produced when we're, when we're cooking the meat. So we're producing bad chemicals. Now we can marinate the meat in you know, olive oil or something like that, although it's not technically a carnivore diet then. Um, but that's why I've always recommended that, right? And that will help reduce the negative effects. And so again, these are problems that we need to address. And so the diet lacks nutritional diversity and fiber. So it, you know, it may not support the diverse microbiome. Okay. Now, one thing that's key with a carnivore diet is people tend to be very satiated because of the protein and healthy fats. So they tend to, it tends to be very easy for them to do intermittent fasting. So they're not consuming you know, three, four meals a day. Instead, they're consuming in a, in a consolidated window, like a six or eight hour eating window. And when they do that, that helps support their microbiome. So there's a lot of research out on intermittent fasting, supporting uh, the production of Acromantia mucinophilia, which is a mucus loving bacteria that sits in our gut and helps the body produce a really strong, healthy, stress resilient um, gut mucosa, right? So the, the immune component of the gut. Uh, and intermittent fasting is a great driver for that. So that's one benefit is that people on a carnivore diet, they tend to just naturally do intermittent fasting, which would negate uh, some of the downsides of the lack of diversity and the lack of fiber. Also, for a lot of people, they'll say, we know there's too much protein on a carnivore diet. We know that protein can drive up the mTOR pathway, the mammalian target of rapamycin. And the mTOR pathway, when it's driven up, all day long, 
that accelerates the aging process in our body. It's linked to increased risk of cancer. So we need the mTOR pathway for optimal muscle growth and lean body tissue, but we want to keep it under control when we're an adult. You know, we're a young child, we're growing quickly, mTOR is turned on a lot. When we get older, we want to suppress mTOR a lot. Now, not all the time, but you know, a majority of the day, right? Two to one, maybe a two to one cycle where mTOR is restricted, you know, twice as much as it's activated uh, for as an adult. And we do that through intermittent fasting. And this is why intermittent fasting, if you are on a higher protein diet is so critical uh, because we want to suppress that mTOR pathway. There's other things that we can do. Uh, just being in ketosis in general, which people that are following a carnivore diet are going to be. So that's going to help suppress the mTOR pathway. Now, there are other things that we can get from supplements or from plant-based foods, things like caffeine, resveratrol, quercetin, curcumin, catechins uh, like, like uh, EGCG or catechins, I should say, like EGCG and uh, green tea. Those things all help to suppress mTOR, right? So those are all key. Uh, mTOR activators, again, high protein diet, particularly all day long, right? So if we're eating protein from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, and we're just eating every three to four hours like a bodybuilder, we're activating that mTOR, you know, too much, right? We And we can grow more muscle that way, but again, we're, we can also accelerate the aging process. So exercise and strength training is interesting because that will actually suppress mTOR, but also activate it at the same time, especially if we're doing fasted exercise, right? Exercising in a fasted state where we've been fasting for 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 hours, then we're exercising really, we're really suppressing mTOR. But then when we follow up with nutrition, we're getting a massive activation for helping support our lean body tissue development. So we really need mTOR. We just need to be able to control it. And then we get the optimal benefits there. So if you're following a carnivore diet, the takeaway is this, make sure you're doing intermittent fasting. You should be eating your meals in like an eight hour eating window. And that will help you get the best benefits here with uh, with a carnivore diet and not have uh, overactivated mTOR pathway. So shopping list, what to eat on a carnivore diet. You know, again, lots of different things, beef, eggs, lamb, bison, fish, shellfish, chicken, wild game, organ meat, right? A lot of different things like that. Healthy fats, butter, ghee, tallow, lamb fat, duck fat, bone marrow, right? So uh, you might do bone, uh, bone broth. You might do, you know, raw honey. Some people will even do, right? Especially if you're getting carbohydrates, some people will do dairy. Um, salt, of course, you can put salt on your, your meat. So uh, these are all things that, you know, that you're consuming on a strict carnivore diet. Now there are different ways of doing carnivore diet. So five main ways, an animal centric diet is roughly 80 to 90% of your calories coming from animal foods, 10 to 20% from plant foods. And a lot of people doing animal-centric diet like fruit because fruit has less plant toxins. It has you know low to no levels of lectins, of um, oxalates and phytates. So it has much lower levels because fruit, you think about it, is um, you know how a plant really spreads its seeds, right? It's kind of through animals, predators taking the actual fruit component and taking that away from the plant and it's kind of spreading it uh, either spitting out the seeds or pooping out the seeds. And that's how the plant now is able to propagate in different areas. So the idea there with the animal-centric diet is you avoid the most well-defended plant-based foods and you consume the, the lesser defended. And you think about like our ancestors, 
they would celebrate over fruit, right? Or honey or something like that. Whereas vegetables would tend to be like a fallback food if they couldn't get enough animal foods, um, enough fruit, things like that, then they would fall back on vegetables, right? So it was more of a fallback food rather than like something that they, you know, gravitated towards. Um, basic carnivore diet is where you consume 100% animal products. Uh, and you can also do salt and water. And a lot of people do this again as an elimination diet for a short period of time. You know, I, I wouldn't recommend more than like three months doing that. Cause again, we just don't know long-term what's going to happen. Uh, however, you know, doing it for a short period of time, maybe two weeks, a month, uh, a lot of people are seeing really great results. Kind of like a reset, a full elimination diet, taking out these plant-based toxins can be really helpful for some individuals. Uh, again, strict carnivore diet is 100% red meat. So you're not even consuming fish. You're not consuming uh, chicken or poultry or anything like that. So that's even stricter uh, of a elimination diet. So you're consuming beef, lamb, and bison, basically, and then salt and water. And then there's the head-to-tail carnivore diet. It's a basic carnivore diet, so it's 100% animal product uh, products, and it emphasizes eating organ meats, bone broth, and all the different parts of the animal to provide the highest nutrient levels. Um, you know, that's really, I think, the healthiest approach to a basic carnivore diet. It's harder because you got to do organ meats, bone broth, things like that, but you're getting a lot more nutrient diversity when you do that. And then you have the seasonal carnivore diet, where you eat a carnivore diet during the winter or colder months of the year. And during the spring, summer, and fall, you eat an omnivorous diet with plenty of plant foods. I think this is a really good strategy for a lot of people where you're just kind of doing this seasonally. You know, in the wintertime, plant, a lot of plant-based foods would be less available. And so, you know, you might for a month or two in the winter, just consume animal-based products and then have more of a wider omnivorous diet uh, the rest of the year. So I think that's a really good strategy for somebody that, you know, wants to embrace this. But, you know, there's people doing all five of these and some people are thriving doing this. And so, you know, I don't want to put down any one of these. And I just want us to be open-minded that a carnivore diet can have great benefits. And that the idea that plant-based foods are the best foods for everybody, that idea, that nutritional dogma may not be correct. They may be the best foods for some people and it may be you. They may be the best foods for you. They may not be. So we really need to be open-minded when it comes to approaching nutrition and approaching different nutritional approaches. And now some different supplements that could also be beneficial, especially if you're following a basic carnivore diet and you're not getting enough organ meats, you could supplement with like a good quality grass-fed beef liver, um, which is a great source of preformed vitamin A. It has bioavailable B complex, choline, iron, copper, zinc, right? Great, obviously great for liver, kidney, and mitochondrial health. And then also potentially some probiotics as well. Um, <clears throat> and you can get a really good one. I like Megasporbiotic, which uh, can really help support the gut microbiome. It helps support your body's ability to break down and uh, metabolize the meat more effectively. You may also consider something like betaine HCL, some extra stomach acid support if you're following this sort of a nutrition plan, especially if you just don't feel great you know, you consume a steak or something like that, and you've got indigestion, that could be a sign that you're not producing enough stomach acid. So probiotics can be helpful there. And also some extra betaine HCL can be helpful. So hopefully you guys got a lot out of this training. Again, the idea is let's be open-minded. You know, the carnivore diet can be incredibly therapeutic and it has been for so many people. 
but it may not be the best diet for you. And it may not be the best diet for the vast majority of people. We just don't know yet. However, there are people that are thriving in it. And so if you're somebody out there that likes to experiment with nutrition, maybe you're not thriving with your health, it's something to consider. And hopefully this training really helped provide great information for you. You can also check out the detailed article all about the carnivore diet on drjockers.com. So be sure to go ahead and check that out. And guys, thanks for bearing with me. I got like a, a little bit of a cold. So you may have noticed that in my voice. I had to cough a few times. So just a really, really minor cold, still doing great, really thriving, doing this video, of course, and working as normally, but just had a, you know, a little bit of a cough there. So um, hopefully guys, you got a lot out of this training and we will see you in a future online training. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.